When I say can you dig it, put your two hands up like that. What's up, everyone? We're back with another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by Silver Screen and Roll and SB Nation Lakers community. You can find us over at silverscreenandroll.com or on social at LakersSBN. I am Christian Rebus. It is Wednesday, January 23rd. And with me, as he is every week, is the wonderful Grant Goldberg. And Grant, honestly, at this point, I don't even know why I still do like the introductions because people people know who i'm going to be with every week every, every week it is you well i mean it could be an opportunity for everybody just to get excited again you know they they go to whatever podcast app they use they say okay it's time to listen to christian and grant and so when you do the introduction it's it just it becomes so real for our listeners that they're about to hear us talk on and on about basketball uh it's it's super exciting for me get being able to be a part of this show and i can only imagine to be one of our listeners getting so i'm getting such a big head right now but uh as always you know I, I think we do the intros always you know in the front of the show and we thank the listeners last but we'll thank the listeners right now because we definitely appreciate everybody tuning in and uh, get ready for some more heat because it's coming. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a ton of fun and uh, we're we're getting into our teens now. We've been doing this for a little while. We're about we're we're putting up almost uh, James Harden free throw attempts. But <laughs> uh, well, as fun as this podcast is to do, and I, I really like doing the show. Um, there's not a lot to be excited about right now when talking about the Lakers. And uh, the reason for that is because of the number of injuries that have piled up on the roster. Now, the most notable being Lonzo Ball suffering a great three ankle sprain that'll keep him out for the next four to six weeks. Now, um, the, the, the a great three ankle sprain is the, is the worst on the spectrum of ankle sprains. Uh, and it can be anywhere between 75% to a hundred percent. You know of of a tear. So, Thank you, Doctor Rivas. Yeah, um, it it's. I mean, it's obviously good news that there wasn't a tear or anything because he could be out for a lot longer. But I'm I'm having a hard time seeing, you know, what the Lakers do going forward at the point guard position because outside of him and Rondo, they, they don't have a ton of depth at that position. Dennis Smith Jr., come on down. Yeah, that was, that was a little weird because it, it, it was kind of out of the blue. We, we really hadn't heard anything about it up until uh, that report from Shams dropped today. Well, the, the thing was to me, and, and not to take away from the Alonzo conversation that we're about to have, uh, I could have sworn that... The Lakers liked Dennis Smith Jr. a lot pre-draft. There was, I mean, they were tied to so many of the point guards, obviously. Um, but I, I think the the thing that struck me most is that we didn't hear much more about the Lakers. And usually, when they're you know added into one of these uh, news pieces by whoever Woj or, or Shams, they little they usually add a little bit more uh, of you know who the Lakers kind of discuss and do. and so 
Now, I wonder if Dallas was asking too much or the Lakers were lowballing them. We just, you know, heard that they're they had some interest in him and they, you know, talked about it. And so I'm I'm definitely, you know, interested in hearing a little bit more about their stance on it now, now that they're really needing point guard help. Uh, they don't want to go to Alex Caruso. They, you know, don't think Bonga's ready yet. Uh, and so, you know, they need to kind of exhaust all options. Uh, and, and Lonzo being out puts him in such a tough spot, puts Lonzo in such a tough spot, because I think Luke had a really good point when he said that, and this is not the first time he said it, that Lonzo hasn't had a full offseason to work on his game. Uh, he had the knee surgery uh, this offseason, and, you know, he's kind of been learning on the fly. He was learning on the fly his rookie year, and we started to see him turn that corner, and bam, another injury. It, it seems like just when, you know, Rondo's looking like he's going to come back at some depth, LeBron's eventually going to come back, you know, sometime this year or next year or, you know, three years from now. Um that it, it's just such an inopportune time to get hurt. I mean, there's never a good time for a team to get injured, but especially for a player like Lonzo where, you know, he needs minutes, he needs to, you know, be consistently engaged. Uh, this injury sucks, especially just to sideline him for such a long time. I, I'd say this injury is going to, you know, be at least six weeks, uh, given everything that we've seen. Uh, similar injuries, uh, we, we talked about Reggie Jackson before we went on air, and he was out. Uh, 12 weeks and so it's it's definitely worrying uh Lonzo's had an uh a, an injury filled history uh well I mean throughout his first and second year uh and so it's 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 concerning it's you know frustrating and uh and worrying for you know what we're gonna see the Lakers look like you know playing basketball against the Wolves yeah and uh the the ankle especially because I think if you think back to his rookie season, like days before opening night, he had uh, sprained that left ankle. And um, even as soon as this season, he, he, he twisted that left ankle against uh, the Denver Nuggets. It's, it's uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, there have been <laughs> real uh, conspiracy theorists throwing around that it might be uh, his Yo 2.19s. It might be the shoes. Oh but man, I don't know. I don't know how much I buy into that. Genuinely, I think it's. Uh, I think he's just. I don't want to say injury prone, but I mean, the uh, the proof is in the pudding right now. It's uh, it's definitely not looking great for him, and the, the Luke made some interesting comments. Uh, before uh, the Lakers took, took on the Warriors the other day. He said that, you know, the, the Lakers like the team they have now, uh, but Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka are looking for, you know, yeah, the, the way he phrased it was uh, other possibilities, other options and possibilities uh, to fill that void left by Lonzo Ball. And to me, and that, that's a little hard because... You know, the trade deadline's coming up on February 7th, but if you're Magic Johnson and Rob Polinka, you're probably not going to have your most splashy move of the season be trading for a third-string point guard. Like, I, as low as I am on some of the guys we have on the roster right now, like Lance Stevenson, I think trading Lance Stevenson for uh, a point guard that's going to be like a regular DNP when Lonzo Ball gets back which we're hoping is by the end of the season. Um, 
it's just not worth it to me. So, and and if you look at the the free agent pool too, it's not too promising either. And it, it I think it's Jameer Nelson, Ramon Sessions. Uh, Ramon Sessions can be the Lakers' savior again. <laughs> uh, Brandon Jennings, if you're into that LA kid, um, I'm not. I think he's uh, pretty terrible. Uh, so it's real slim pickings for them right now. And I mean. Other than Rajon Rondo, who's going to be coming back, we hope uh, within the week. What do the Lakers do at point guard in, in the meantime? Well, I mean, while they wait uh, for Lonzo to come back from his injury, sacrificing his ankles to co- become the next Steph Curry, <laughs> um, they're going to lean on Brandon Ingram again. And it's been kind of an up-and-down experiment throughout Ingram's time with the Lakers with him at point guard. Uh, it's either turned out really well when you know he's really not expected to shoulder the load, you know, and you know when Lonzo's been on the floor and, and Ingram's just been able to kind of you know focus on playing basketball and not just scoring. He's been able to uh, feed his teammates, especially late in games too. Um, but whenever the ball is supposed to be put in Ingram's hands to you know make plays for other guys. It seems like it's just not all clicking for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I mean, he tries to assert himself a little too much. He, you know, gets mid-range happy. Um, I, I think we're we're yet to really see the the full uh, Brandon Ingram point guard experience. You know, take a full positive turn, uh, and and maybe that'll happen. But you know, history shows that you know it's best in small doses, and you know, it's it's just not sustainable for him to you know be the team's leading initiator for you know however long he's on the floor 35 minutes and uh it's it's interesting you mentioned brandon ingram because shams terania of the athletic was on espn la's the sedano show today and he mentioned something about ingram that i think would surprise a lot of people considering how he's played with LeBron James out. And I'm going to use a direct quote because I don't want to be accused of uh, skewing anybody's words. But he said, Brandon Ingram, obviously, he's had a little bit of an up-and-down season. He missed some time with injury, the suspension earlier this year. But still, I think around the league he has value as a prospect. A lot of teams still believe in him. He does still come up when teams inquire with the Lakers. Which tells me that this notion that you know, since LeBron got hurt, that the Lakers' young young core of players, their stock just plummeted. Um, and, you know, th- this report kind of debunks that notion that, you know, the L- Lakers' assets are trash now. What are they going to trade for Anthony Davis, uh, you know, assuming they go that route? It's just, uh, and especially Ingram, because the, the reason Ingram's name interests me specifically is because of how weird of a fit he's been with LeBron this season. Uh, if the Lakers did decide they wanted to go a different direction at the trade deadline and um, you know trade for a star, whether it's a, a Bradley Beal or a, a Kemba Walker, uh, although I, I don't think any of those are realistic options. Um, if they did decide to go a different route, I think Brandon Ingram would be that odd man out. Yeah, and it's uh, I mean it's a little unfortunate because we we haven't really seen Ingram put be put in a role where he can really succeed yet. 
Um, and, and, you know, as much as we like Ingram as a prospect and have emotional ties to him, if, if that right deal comes along, I think you have to include, I think you have to include any of these young Lakers in a deal for an Anthony Davis type player. I, we've said that, you know, a ton of times on the show, mm-hmm. uh, and then, excuse me, because I've been dealing with a little bit of cold, um, and so I'm a little nasally, I'm a little <laughs> coughing, uh, when... I hear that Brandon Ingram's name still comes up in you know talks, and we've seen the kind of product that the Lakers have put on the on the floor when LeBron's on there and Ingram's in the game with him. I don't know, like obviously the Pelicans haven't offered anything up. Are teams talking about them and just like lowballing the Lakers and and mm-hmm. trying to nab Ingram? I, I I think when I hear that report, it's it's teams inquiring about Ingram, trying to to buy low on him, uh, yeah. and I, I just don't think the right deal has come along, or or else we we might have seen something already go down with the Lakers and, and a trade. Uh, I I think uh, I think Shams mentioned Lonzo's stock going up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with the injury that you know, takes an immediate hit, but you know, like you said, the the Lakers young players still have value. Uh, they're still a commodity in this league, and I, they I, they proven to be helpful players in certain points of the year. They haven't figured it out. They haven't pulled it all together all together in you know very long and consistent stretches. But you know, I think teams have noticed that you know if if we added this guy, you know, he's definitely going to be you know a great asset going forward. I think if if I'm like the Phoenix Suns, I call about Lonzo or or I don't know the some random you no know, middling team in the east calling about Ingram uh like maybe, the magic yeah I, the magic immediately popped into my head uh I, I think it's a little weird fit with their lack of shooting um but yeah like you trade them to the hornets or or something like that but you're not getting Kemba back in that deal so yeah I just don't think they found the right deal yet or and, and teams definitely aren't approaching the Lakers trying to you know seriously make a deal that would help both teams then I think the Lakers have made it pretty clear they feel the same way because the the reports from the organization so far have been we're not trading our young guys unless we're getting a superstar player in return, which is just to say we're not trading any of our young guys unless we're getting Anthony Davis in return. And I think that's what they're banking on. And, you know, Shams dropped a report today actually about, you know, AD just, uh, was saying that, He's going to take the summer to decide his future with the Pelicans, and um, that isn't. He's not requesting a trade. He's not. He's not implying that he, he doesn't have a future with the Pelicans. But I think the way the team has performed while he's been there has kind of made him feel like um, maybe it would be in my best interest this summer to really just sit down and think if this is where I want to spend my prime, and if he does decide that. You know, the L.A. is the place he wants to go and chase a championship, then absolutely the Lakers Lakers sell the farm for him because I, I can't think of a, a better one-two punch in the NBA than LeBron James and Anthony Davis, uh, at least, you know, at, at the forward big position. I mean, it's, it's really tough. Although, I mean, if DeMarcus Cousins gets back to whatever form, full form he's at, um, 
the Warriors are going to be absolutely terrifying. I was yeah. I was watching them the other day. Well, the other on Monday when they played the Lakers, um, I understand they weren't at full strength. But even when they played the Clippers and they had Boogie on the floor, I was just like, Jesus Christ, this is unfair. There's who is beating that team in the finals? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. And you no, know, we can talk about the Warriors at length, you know, another time <laughs> because obviously, you know, they're on a, a whole nother level right now. And if if we wanted to talk about, you know, each and every player that you know we would want, you know, that'd be a whole show in itself. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, in in Anthony Davis's case too, you got to consider what Boogie Cousins said recently about how, you know, he and and Anthony Davis talked about how that could have been something special and they wanted that to happen, but uh, the the Pelicans front office had other plans, and so they they directly went away of you know from what Anthony Davis wanted, and you know I consider that and and if I'm Anthony Davis I consider that you know I consider the lack of talent that's been put around me, uh, and and yeah I I think you know there's a great chance that he wants to leave the Pelicans. Whether the Lakers are the ones that are going to win out on him, I mean that remains to be seen. It's going to be tough, you know. It's it, it was tough for them to try to trade for Paul George. Uh, it's tough for them to try to trade, uh, make a trade with uh, San Antonio and and I'm forgetting one team. Oh, Minnesota would not like to do a deal with the Lakers, mm-hmm. uh, and so it's just you know whether they'll be persistent and and be able to. Uh, convince these teams to actually do a deal with them because they're just not going to hand over their player to them. And and that's the biggest obstacle the Lakers will face, I think, this summer, um, which is why I think that plan, plan A is obviously Anthony Davis, but I think that's why it was so important for them to set themselves up with the plan B and, and getting that Max guy to play next to LeBron James, who, by the way, we have no idea when he's coming back. Like, it could be, well, it's not tomorrow because he's already been ruled out for tomorrow against the Timberwolves. But, um, you know, it, it could be this weekend. It could be next month. It could be next year. The, the the How little we know about LeBron's status is, is worrying me. Uh, he was a limited participant at practice on Wednesday, uh, which is good. That means he can walk, uh, maybe <laughs> run. But, I mean, otherwise... We know so little, and I, I, if I had a guess, he's probably not back until next week. Which at that point would he'd be going on his fifth week? Yeah, and you no, know, I can't help but say, give him all the time he needs. Yeah, um, we, but it's we, so tough because. Go ahead. They're they're chasing. You're in the Western Conference, and the the race is so tight this year. I mean. The granted, they're only a, a, a half a game back from the eighth seed in the West, which is great. But they're also like a game and a half back from the eleventh seed in the West. I mean, it's so tight. And just a few more games, you know, without LeBron James, without Lonzo Ball. Um, I don't know if it'll cost you your spot in the playoffs, but it definitely makes it more. Interesting, for lack of a better word, as the season goes down. I think it, it really might come down to the wire, similar to you know the Timberwolves and Nuggets last season, where it was literally decided by a game. Here's the thing to me, and it, it works off of what you said, and it works off of what I said. Mm-hmm. 
the the Lakers need to wait on LeBron. LeBron needs to wait on LeBron because I think they're both aware of what LeBron is going to have to do in, in this next part of the season in order to drag this team to the playoffs. Right. And so they can't risk bringing him back early, having to miss more time. They know that he's going to have to come in there and he's going to have to, you know, you know, put this team on his back and 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 take them to the playoffs. I think that LeBron's going to have to shoulder the load offensively. He's going to have to be engaged defensively and you know, we're going to see LeBron, you know, with a lot more usage than in the in I'm going to say the first half of the season because, you know, who knows when he's going to come back. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, I think you know post All Star break the Lakers are going to be making a huge push to the playoffs. I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see a couple new players on the team by the time you know LeBron's fully back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's going to be. Oh man, it's going to be a force of nature. Um, it, it, it is. It's going to be tough, man, because. Um, I think to your point, and and I really didn't think about it. I, I, the the whole LeBron James playing the fewest minutes of his career and averaging the points he did. I think that's out the window once he returns. Um, I mean, he might be on a minutes restriction once he returns for a little bit, but I think we're gonna see the LeBron we saw uh, maybe not last year, but I think I think he's averaging 32 minutes a game right now, which is uh, again the least he's ever averaged in his career. I think that number goes up significantly uh if the lakers want to make the playoffs yep yep fully agree we got a few questions uh for the mailbag we are going to do today and they're pretty topical some of them are uh you know a little off topic like this first one we're going to start with uh from at kendrew lamar uh, he asks both of us what should I get as my first tattoo and where? I don't know this person personally, but I'm assuming you do, right, Grant? Kendrew is one of my good friends. Uh, <laughs> I'll call him a friend of the show now because we've mentioned him on the show. Um, Kendrew, buddy, uh, I think you should get a crown tattoo on your lower back in the style that you know all the butterfly t- tattoos are done. And put the number 23 in the middle of it. I couldn't agree more. I think. Or uh, Kawhi Leonard in a Lakers jersey using one of Grant's jersey swaps. There's no way that can backfire. I don't. <laughs> uh, our next question comes from. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how to pronounce this. Themistocles. At Themistocles. Um, he has a question that. I'm curious about myself, and he asks, can Zubats be a starting five on a playoff contender? Zaza Pachulia was a starting five on a playoff contender. It was <laughs> that, the Warriors, <laughs> but I think I think worse players than Zubats have been starters on playoff contenders. Right. I mean, it's a big ask, but uh, I'll say yes without much... No, without much to back it up. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll back it up right now, because uh, as you know, I am the uh, how do I say this? The resident I, Zubats stand. 
Yeah, I'm the mayor of Zubots Island because um, we do have some semblance of stability over there. It's it's a lot more busy than it used to be. I think people were selling beachfront property earlier this season. It was just me and a few people. Early, but now, earlier in the season, it was the fire festival. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched that documentary yet, but I heard it's absolutely nuts. Yeah, both documentaries are. Um, you watched both of them? I watched both of them. <laughs> which which one's better in your opinion? Okay, well, um, I'll say the Hulu one because it's not connected to uh, the guy who was you know, behind the, the scenes making it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that you know, both of them offer a little bit different perspective, but you know, Hulu, I think, you know, I, I think they, they spotlighted the the backstory a lot, so you knew, you know, more about the guy who was, you know, putting it all on. And so, yeah, if you're looking into, you know, mass fraud, uh, <laughs> this is these are the documentaries for you. The the what to do, what not to do, it's all in those documentaries. Fantastic. Glad we got that out of the way. <laughs> Back to my point about Zubots. Um and and my my pitch for why he should be a, a starting five, not just in the playoffs, but going forward, uh, it's a really small sample size, only the last three games. But in his last three games, he is averaging 20.3 points per game on 82.1% shooting from the field, as well as an 89.6% uh, shooting from the free throw line, which is a team high. I mean, that alone he should be starting anybody that can hit free throws at a respectable rate should be starting for the lakers should see significant playing time if if that doesn't impress you which i don't know why it wouldn't um his per 36 numbers are disgustingly awesome as well uh per 36 minutes minutes he's averaging 20.4 points per game on 62.3 percent shooting from the field while grabbing 11.4 rebounds and two blocks. Grant, if you had to guess, the other players doing that this season, uh, doing the the 20 points, 10 rebounds, and two blocks per 36, who would you guess that they were? Anthony Davis and Blake Griffin? No. And so so there's three other players other than, um, than Zubat. So it's Joel Embiid, Anthony Davis, and Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> Zubats. All right, well, <laughs> Zubat's better, I guess. We'll, we'll go ahead, start that hashtag, and uh, you know, hopefully the Lakers will be able to pair him with, with a talent like D'Angelo Russell or something like that. You know, oh, get a little... God. Grant, come on. <laughs> you're, you're trying to send this podcast off the rails. Well, I'm, you, I'm you trying wanna... to pair two all-star caliber players together. <laughs> Do you want to invite Anthony on the show to talk about this? No, I'd rather not. Um, <laughs> we've actually had you know a couple arguments in person about this. Yeah, it's and, uh, it always it it goes. I mean, he he makes some valid points, but I think uh, I, I think he's cooled down a little bit. But uh, the fact that D'Angelo Russell is playing like an all star and is probably going to make the all star game uh, definitely doesn't hurt his argument. Nope, nope, no, it doesn't. And you know, <laughs> on the topic of point guards, you know, we talked about him earlier in the show. My little brother Keith 
wanted to <laughs> chime in on this mailbag. Uh, he was the lone person to reply to Christian's tweet and said, <laughs> what will Dennis Smith Jr. bring to the Lakers if the Lakers trade for him? Christian, since I talked about it earlier in the show, I'll hand the reins over to you. What can Dennis Smith Jr. bring to this team? Uh, I think he can dunk really high. Um, I yeah. I don't think he's a bad player. I just one I don't see how it would be a mutually beneficial trade for him and his camp because as I mentioned before, once Lonzo's healthy, he's going to be a DNP like almost every game. And if he's not going to be a DNP, he's going to be seeing you know maybe ten minutes a game. And, uh, I mean, I, I guess the alternative would be to bench Rondo and make him a DNP, but um, he the, the Lakers really like him. I mean, he's a really well-liked player in the locker room, uh, and he's not a bad basketball player, so I don't know. I'd, be, I'd definitely be interested. I think really more what the trade was about was about them trying to get as much assets, um, like buying low on assets going into the summer because... I mentioned this uh, in the article I wrote about the rumor today that the if, if the Mavericks were looking for a trade uh, involving Dennis Smith Jr. and Wesley Matthews, I guess you can make the argument that the Lakers could send, uh, depending on how low the Mavericks were are on Dennis Smith Jr., uh, they could have sent Contavious Caldwell-Pope to match salaries, either one of Mo Wagner, Shvima Kailuk, or Isaac Bonga, um, and then a filler like Michael Beasley or Lance Stevenson to make salaries match. I think if that's the trade you're doing, especially with Wagner, who's really struggled to crack the rotation, and if you know they keep Zubats as a restricted free agent and go out and get a big-name center next summer, he's not going to be in the rotation next season anyway. Um, to make a trade like that, I think would be absolutely worth it because if you're pitching the Pelicans next summer, I think a package of say, Dennis Smith Jr., Brandon Ingram, and Kyle Kuzma sounds a lot better than Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, and and one of the three rookies we mentioned. So, I mean, that's my two cents on it. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. is back with the team now. That could be just to raise his trade value um, a few weeks before the trade deadline. Uh, but, I mean, I, I don't anticipate the Lakers making that trade. No, um and I do like the point that you made about how he can and dunk really high. Uh, I'm a big fan of that. I think it's very entertaining. <laughs> and if the league raised the rims to like 11 feet or 11 and a half feet, I think that having a player like that would uh, really help out the Lakers. So going to go ahead and, and say yes off the strength of that if the Lakers do have to make a trade. I think you do have to trade a player like KCP uh, to kind of you know clear Cave, uh, sorry, uh, carve out a spot for him on the roster. Uh, get him a little more playing time. His spot up shooting has improved a little bit. His three point shooting has improved a little bit. Um, especially uh, not in the game that he did come back, but uh, in the games before he you know had those strings of inactivity. Um, you know he was shooting the ball pretty well, and so you know, like like we've said in the past, you know you can't have too much shooting on a team. Uh, granted, you know, we haven't seen him do it for long stretches of time. So, you know, I think if, you know, we can get a consistent shooter out of him, uh, 
just a player uh, focused, you know, running the floor. I don't think he'd be a bad addition on on this Lakers team. I think it'd be, you know, in the right deal. Uh, obviously, you can't overpay, but I think it's a, a low risk, high reward move for the Lakers if they did pursue a Dennis Smith Jr. trade. Grant, you know what I just realized? What's up? We have a show on February sixth, the day before the NBA trade deadline. It's going to be rendered useless so fast. The shelf life of that show is non-existent. Yeah, that's uh, that should be a fun one. Honestly, we might just record that day. We might, we, we might have to. We'll talk to her. Guys, if you want to listen to an earlier show to get our opinion that doesn't matter on the trade deadline, go ahead. Go at H.M. Fagan on Twitter <laughs> and request us to record early. Hashtag yeah. let can you dig it record early. That's a too let, long of a hashtag. Let us do our pod. Don't use let that. Let us do our job. Uh, okay. Back to the questions that matter. Um, we got Timothy Rose now asking who the Lakers can get in free agency. And this is a question I struggle with because... I think I'm in the minority here, but I I don't think the Lakers are getting anyone next summer. That's it's it's really tough. Uh, like given the last few summers, uh, I mean the Lakers only really only got LeBron, um, which <laughs> just, is so wild LeBron. to say. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's tough to you know say with a lot of certainty that they're gonna attract these star players. It's looking less likely by the day that Kawhi Leonard signs in Los Angeles with the Lakers. Right. Uh, it's looking less likely that KD. Clay Thompson's almost, you know, guaranteed to go back to Golden State. And Jimmy Butler, you know, who the hell knows what Jimmy Butler wants to do? Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, no, I think I'm in that same boat. You know, I think it's the safe answer to say, you know, none of them come. Uh, if I had to pick between any of them by the, the biggest chances of them coming, I think it's Durant. Hmm, Am I sure about that? Yeah. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. But, you know, it, it, I'm trying to be decisive. I'm trying to not take the easy way out. So, you know, put me down for Durant, but I'll probably be wrong. I think to your point about Jimmy Butler, I don't think anybody knows what he's doing. There's rumors that he's bumping heads with, with the kids in Philly, which honestly, who does who doesn't Jimmy Butler bump heads with, dude? Like, I, I get he's a talented player, but man... He does not sound like a fun teammate to play with. I mean, and they said the same thing about Kobe, but Kobe Bryant was Kobe Bryant. I mean, you know what you're getting out of him. You, you as long as you have a healthy um, and not washed Kobe Bryant on your team, you always have a shot at a championship. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess Jimmy Butler. Would I want him on my team? Sure. I think he's a fine player, uh, but I could do without all the the extra baggage he has. Uh, Kyrie would be nice, but oh my god, yeah, don't see that happening. Um, just looking, looking at the free agents, it, and, and it's a stacked free agent class. Um, but I think, you know, if if the Lakers are going to offer long term contracts, uh, they're they're looking for the guys at the very very top, and um, you know, if they're not getting those guys, I don't see them handing out long-term contracts because you have some solid players that are going to be free agents next next season. Like, 
Kristaps uh, Porzingis for one. That would be really fun. I mean, I the biggest question mark is his health, but otherwise, I Porzingis is a baller. Um, yeah. Chris Middleton would be so nice, but uh, wait, didn't he actually just sign an extension? I think so. That um, sounds right. Hold on, I'll search to confirm. But yeah, I, I think you know if you're if you're talking about the guys that the Lakers are going to go after, I, I can say with certainty I, I don't think they're going to go out and, and try to get. Kyrie. This is not a report. I do not have entertainment sources. <laughs> yeah, we're not liquor film. But uh, I don't think they're going to go after KD. Not, not KD. Kyrie. Uh, I don't think they're going to go after uh, Clay because he's just going to resign immediately. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, it's the three players in, in Durant, Butler, and Leonard that they try to, you know, make a pitch for. I think, I think they're going to be able to get meetings with them, at least. I don't think that you know, there's going to be a meeting with Kevin Durant, and then everybody's going to, uh, you know, learn a lesson. And and I don't think Genie Bus is going to cry after like Steve Ballmer, right. but uh, <laughs> I, I think there'll be some some talk, and and I think they'll be able to secure a meeting. I can't say with certainty though that they'll go ahead and sign. And yes, Chris Middleton did sign a five-year, seventy million dollar extension with is, the Milwaukee is, Bucks. Is that? Huh. Okay, but that sounds right. But that was in. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like, <laughs> that was in 2015. Yeah. So, so no, no he, so no, he hasn't signed an extension. He has a player option. Great. I I would love him. that. That's I think he, that's the closest thing to me that you can get to Clay Thompson without getting Clay Thompson. Yeah, he's ah, he's so good. I would love him on the team. It's also a great free agent class. For a team looking for a center like the Lakers, uh, again, that's assuming Ivica Zubas doesn't blossom into a, an all-star by the by the end of the season. But uh, I mean, you got Demarcus Cousins, who I mean, I think if KD leaves, I think Cousins is back with the Warriors for another year on a longer-term deal if he shows he can play. Uh, Al Horford, Mark Gasol, Nikola Vucevic. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, Willie Cauley-Stein, Ennis Cantor, uh, Jonas Valanciunas. I mean, some of these guys have player options that they'll probably pick up. But um, just a stacked and deep uh, free agency class. So I, 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 w- I would want Willie Cauley-Stein. I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's, and he, he's been pretty good this season. Um, I, I don't know if they'll get who they want, but. There, there are guys out there, um, and there are I there are people who play basketball in free definitely. agency out there. Absolutely, there are there are a handful of people that play basketball. I'd say um, <laughs> another one from Timothy Rose. Now, I, I think is, we can bunch these two up. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Uh, he's ask is getting act Anthony Davis actually possible or do the Sixers and Celtics have better options he also asks if Ingram is a bust uh, and is giving up all of our players worth Anthony Davis Um, I'm gonna nip this one in the bud real quick and say Ingram isn't a bust but beside the point I think we've answered uh, our opinion on giving up the farm for Anthony Davis I think he's one of the few players in the league you do do that for yeah Um, (laughs) you said you do yeah. <laughs> I mean, who else who else would you 
sell the farm for in the league? Uh, there's there are very few players that you go ahead and say, yeah, I'm giving up whoever they want. Um, Anthony Davis is for sure on that list. Giannis is on that list. Absolutely. Um, and there's definitely players that I'm blanking on that aren't. Joel Embiid, I think I would. Yeah, Embiid, I think you do it for. Um, there's there's a lot of young talent in this league. I I I just uh, LeBron is a guy that you do it for if you're not the Lakers. Right. Uh, but he did indeed <laughs> sign with not, the Lakers. <laughs> if you're not the Lakers, if you don't have a LeBron on your team, I guess you could do that. I wouldn't know what that feels like, or at least I haven't known in a little while. Um, actually, that's not true. I, I know what that feels like right now because he's not playing basketball. Um, but is is that the, the question that stood out to me is if it's possible or if the Sixers and Celtics have better options. Now, I haven't heard the Sixers being seriously involved at all, but I wouldn't be surprised, especially if that uh, relationship with Ben Simmons at point guard doesn't work out going forward. Well, yeah, and the Sixers always have assets. Um, it's just, you know, whether they're going to do anything with them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, same thing with the Celtics. And they have the uh, the Kyrie thing they have to deal with. And so, you know, I think if the Lakers are going to make a move, uh, yeah, it's possible. And the clock is ticking. They have to, you know, act with a little bit of a sense of urgency to, to make a deal happen. Right. I, I completely agree. I just don't know if uh, the Pelicans are on that same schedule, you know. I think the, the Pelicans are going to hold on to them as long as they can, uh, regardless of whether or not it's it's good for their team. The, the Pelicans um, didn't have any sense of urgency to add talent around Anthony freaking <laughs> Davis. Do you think they're going to you know be that fast to make a move for to, to trade them? Yeah, exactly. I, you're absolutely right. Um Lakers most likely are sorry, most likely slash best case playoff matchups. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because um, I think the Western Conference is kind of wide open outside of the Golden State Warriors. I think a fully healthy Lakers team can go to seven games with just about anybody in the Western Conference. Let's start off with who you wouldn't want to see in the playoffs. Just teams that the Lakers don't match up well with. Golden State, I, I <laughs> wouldn't want to see in the first round. The Orlando Magic, <laughs> the Orlando, uh, the Toronto, the Toronto Raptors, San, right. San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, um, Portland, I would be terrified of. Not because I think Portland's an especially good team, although they are nine games over five hundred. Um, I had Portland missing the playoffs in my in my preseason projections, uh, but but just playing in Portland, the history we've had there over the past few years, ah, that that worries me. I know it's like a real, um, more of a superstition thing, but I have a reason to feel that way. I think. Um, other than that, I think OKC has the defensive chops to give the Lakers the fits in the playoffs. Um, Denver, I'm not too worried about, even though I probably should be. But, again, it's wide open, wide open. I think if I think if they play to their full potential, if everybody makes the strides they need to make over the next few months, I think the Lakers can make the Western Conference Finals. You can, I'm on record saying that. All right. Well, it's official. <laughs> the Lakers are making the Western Conference Finals. 
Book it. Buy your tickets now. Save up. Because that's what's happening. I, I, I think that, I mean, obviously, having LeBron in a playoff series is going to help your team so much. It's it's more if Lonzo is going to be able to, you know, step up, you know, bring it defensively and then add some sort of, you know, other dimension offensively. And that other dimension is, you know, scoring at the rim. Um and you know Ingram being able to contribute, uh, Kuzma, Hart, and so you have all these other guys besides LeBron that are huge question marks. Rondo's going to contribute come playoff time. Uh, mm-hmm. Zubats is always going to contribute no matter what time it is. <laughs> and so no, there's, there's all the time is zoo time. There's there's uh, there are just so many question marks about this Lakers team, and so I, I think one we got to see them you know play a string of games you know with a healthy roster so we can get a better idea of what this team actually is and so from there i think it'll be more fair to to you know kind of pit them against other you know western conference playoff teams and you know be able to kind of estimate a little better what we're going to see our next question comes from nick sawwell and he asks if you had to drop someone for mellow who would you let go? My answer is probably Brian Shaw. <laughs> I mean, I guess Melo could be a, a shooting coach, right? Um, other than that, I don't know. I I genuinely would not waive anyone on the roster for Melo. If I was forced to, Lance Stevenson. Yeah, even, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a tough question. I, I just I can't see a scenario where Carmelo Anthony helps this team. Yeah, and Al, our our good friend Alex Regla, who was on the show last week, uh, posted a, a good article on Silver Screen and Roll about that. Um, it's just it's not feasible. If 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 he's on the team by the time the season ends, it's one hundred percent LeBron doing him a solid. Otherwise, it. It doesn't make sense. Uh, so that's I think that's all the airtime we should give that. Um, well, our next question comes from Kobe Estes, and I'm sorry if I'm butchering these names. Um, and but this is probably my favorite question we're gonna get. He asks, "When is Marcelo Huertas coming back, and does he get the max?" The answer is I don't know. Not soon enough, and I hope he does. The second he comes back, I think it's fair for us to start calling the Lakers title contenders. Right. Especially, and we didn't even talk about him as an as an option to replace Lonzo. Marcelo Huertas as our backup point guard. But again, punch our, ticket, punch our ticket to the Western Conference Finals. Dude, did you see all the stuff that he said about the NBA? Like, it was a while ago. But he he was talking about how... You know, people are so spoiled, and, you know, it's selfish basketball, and it's totally tailored, like, against the way that he plays, and it, like, made Which him look bad. Playing defense? Like, it, was he mad that other players were playing defense against him? Was that his gripe with the NBA? Well, I think he had all that just ready to go after that game against the <laughs> Miami Heat. Uh yeah, he was. I I thought for a little while he was fun, but man, if you name a list of players that were with the Lakers during 
the Dark Ages. It just it gets it gets weird real fast. And Wertus is at the top of that list, I think. Yijian Lian, I think, is is pretty high up there. Jordan Farmer uh, worked his way back in there. Right. Earl Clark. Got to bring uh, him back in there. <laughs> I I remember my darkest days as a Lakers fan was getting genuinely excited when the Lakers were linked to Earl Clark uh, for a second stint. I don't know what happened. It was something like his sister posted something on Instagram about him coming back to the team, uh, and then he didn't. Um, and I was so bummed about it. And in hindsight, God, what was I thinking? It was <laughs> just... It was so bad. Um, speaking of bad. Um, <laughs> what a transition. <laughs> uh, somebody asks, Nick, uh, home underscore ginger is his name. Um, has Luke's coaching tenure been a success so far given their circumstances? Uh, and he also asks, how many of the young core do you think will be on the team when LeBron's four years are up? I think we've been pretty transparent on our feelings about Luke as a coach. I think given the cards he's been dealt, he's done a decent job. Uh, uh, Grant, I don't know if you wanna if you wanna chime in on that uh, one more time. I think it's a little interesting that the the question is posed whether it's been a success. I don't think anybody has really talked about whether it's been a success. I think it's you know the conversation's tilted towards the other side whether he's failing and so you know this is a little bit of uncharted territory (laughs) and i think all things considered with the amount of roster turnover the amount of injuries uh even you know coaching personnel changing back and forth uh i think luke walton has done a good job whether to call it a success I mean, there's different things that you can use to measure, you know, his, you know, how he's coached. Um, I think, you know, getting players to buy in when they're, you know, not on long-term deals or Mm. when their future is uncertain with the team. Yeah, I mean, that's a success right there. Connecting with the players in the locker room is successful in that. Um, And and there's other areas, obviously, where he needs improvement. all in all, I think it's it's been more positive than negative for Luke, and I, I think that's where I stand on it. And as far as the young core being on the roster when LeBron's four years are up, I'm gonna <laughs> sorry, uh, I'm gonna say one. Yeah, also, it, I I don't know if that's being generous too. Yeah, it's, I think if if somebody is on the roster still, it's because they're on their rookie contract. I think. Um, yeah, but I'd, I'd be surprised. Um, this next question we touched on a little bit um, earlier in the show. And he says, will the Lakers try to sign a point guard as we are so very thin there? B.I. can't cut it. Too tall gets a lot of turnovers. I don't know if too tall is the problem. I feel like <laughs> that's at the bottom of the list of gripes people have with Brandon Ingram. Um, I think it would be nice. It's a real nice thought that the Lakers would sign a point guard uh, in the meantime. But, I mean, worst-case scenario, um, like even if Alonzo was out for the season, the the deadline for the hardship uh, exception was January 15th. And um, I only found that out today because of 
uh, what happened to Victor Oladipo. I mean, my thoughts go out to him, man. Yeah, he, was, definitely. he was having such a good season, such a talented player. Uh, I mean, but the, the Pacers can't even apply for the hardship exception because the deadline was last week. So um, they, they, there's just not a ton of options. If the Lakers aren't willing to waive somebody for Carmelo Anthony to make LeBron James happy, I doubt they'll waive somebody to like sign Jameer Nelson or, you know, somebody around that talent, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's slim pickings for yeah. for the Lakers in in terms of like a free agency pool, and even for them to you know make a deal for somebody. So, yeah, I think it's it's going to be tough. I think they're going to try it out with Bi, even though he's too tall and gets lots of turnovers, <laughs> um, and 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 they're going to you know rely on Rondo a lot, and and that's you know a little worrying too because he hasn't been able to stay healthy, so. It's it's a little concerning, and I, I think we got to get ready for bonga time. Bonga time. Uh, that's it for the questions, uh, and that just about does it for our show. But before we go, we'll look at the week ahead um, and the games coming up, which there's not a ton. There's there's less than usual because the Lakers have a two day break between their game on Thursday against the Timberwolves and Sunday against the Phoenix Suns. Um, so we'll start with Thursday. I think the Timberwolves are a team that has given the Lakers problems this season. Uh, I don't like playing them. And with the amount of injuries on the roster, I'm going to go ahead and chalk it up as a loss. I don't feel super confident about that game. Uh, just for the sake of being contrarian, I'm going to say the Lakers somehow, some way, pull it off and get a win. I uh, don't know if Doris Burke is going to be roasting Andrew Wiggins while they do it. But That was, that was crazy, man. I, I, wish, I just saw that video this morning. I wish Doris would drag me like she just dragged <laughs> Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, I mean, no comment, but I agree. Um <laughs> I, I I'd be surprised. I definitely wouldn't be mad. Um, honestly, I, I think I'm at such a low point with the Lakers that even Sunday against the Suns, I don't know how I feel about that. Sunday game. against the, Sun, the Suns, they win. I don't know, man. I don't think LeBron is back by then. I, well, I don't think LeBron comes back against the Suns. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not a very LeBron thing to do, but. Uh, you know, Summer League Hall of Famer Dragon Bender has been showing signs of life lately. Summer that's League crazy. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think they're young. They're scrappy. The Lakers are really anything but that. I think scrappy is the, the at the bottom of the list of things that you can call them, uh, in their current iteration anyway. I think when they're fully healthy, they're more motivated to play, but... I mean, recently they've they've just been playing like a team that's waiting for LeBron to get back. So uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say they lose that one. But I, again, I wouldn't be surprised if they won because the Suns are trash, uh, and they're getting a new stadium. By the way, that was approved today. The Suns are staying in Phoenix, uh, and I mean, good luck, Robert Sarver, by yeah. building a championship contender around Devin Booker. Um, 
Assuming he doesn't leave by then, but assuming, that's conversation. Assuming the <laughs> security guard, you know, just pulls him by his jersey, <laughs> makes him stay in the stadium. <laughs> um, that was that's weird. Did, did you did you hear what uh, Gorky Dang said about that? That he just wanted to exchange jerseys. That was the funniest response I could have ever thought of. He that's, he that's deserves that contract just off the strength <laughs> of that. Oh man. Um, and then but the next game before we see you all next is going to be on Tuesday against the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, it, I wouldn't be surprised if Le, this was the game LeBron plays in, which would be great because the 76ers are a pretty good team. Uh, even even with their lack of, of depth, I think they have enough shooting and, and star power just uh, to give, put up Put up a fight against the Lakers. And, you know, the, the 76ers last year were a team that the Lakers played pretty tough. And, yeah. you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a game either way. Uh, I, I do think that LeBron comes back against their, I mean, their lineup of Embiid and, and Simmons and, and Butler. Um, and, and Butler's a new dimension to this 76ers team that the Lakers haven't faced yet. So, right. I don't know. I... I I don't. I just don't feel comfortable picking them to go three and zero. I feel like that's a death sentence whenever I do that. <laughs> so I'll chalk that one up as a loss. Um, but yeah, I, that's one that I wouldn't be surprised if they won either. Uh, it's it's just going to be um, a tough game. I think it's going to be close. Uh, there's going to be runs by both teams, like any other NBA game. Uh, and I I just think I, I think the Lakers will you know either find a way to bottle it in in the fourth quarter or they'll skin they'll get by by the skin of their teeth let's hope so i mean two and one is is a good scenario for really any episode we do going forward until the team's fully healthy again grant thank you so much for taking your time to talk basketball with me uh, I have a lot of fun doing this show, and I, I hope you guys have a lot of fun listening to this show. If you are one of the people uh, that does like this show, feel free to leave a review on iTunes, give us a rating, um, and otherwise, I will or we will see you all next time out.